Hello folks and welcome back to Around the World in 80 Cigars with me Nick Hammond. I hope you're in fine form folks. It's been a little while but we're back. Season 2 is upon us I'm very pleased to tell you. Um, funny old times. I'm not really sure quite how we've got to where we are or quite how we find our way out but we will and in the meantime we're going to plug on, keep going, keep laughing keep you entertained. Um, I've got a lovely one for you today. It's dear old Jimmy McGee. Now, Jimmy started with us. Uh, he started season one with pod one and we're going to start season two with episode one and with Jimmy back. Jimmy McGee of Hunters and Frankow, a smashing lad. If you listen to the first one, which with thousands of you have done, um, you'll know that Jimmy is a pleasure to chat to about cigars, life, food, and all things pleasant in general. Jimmy and I caught up, as we did before on Zoom, and this time we didn't plan anything. We just decided to chat. <laughs> Good afternoon, Nick. Yeah. Uh, hello, mate. Uh, popular demand. Yes, I was quite demanding. You're right. <laughs> we had loads of people loving that chat and, and, and what was interesting was we didn't really chat about anything in particular we just waffled on like we like to do so we're going to do more of that I did try didn't I to set some kind of theme that you, you weren't interested Congra first of all congratulations on the success of the podcast I mean uh, 19 episodes yeah. uh, I, I, I actually went to try and listen to my entry to your podcast canon um just to make sure i did just to make sure i didn't repeat all the same stories but um i got sidetracked by the kelmans and that that interview was fantastic so yeah. i haven't i apologize in advance if i start repeating myself but uh, it sounds great i also heard that you made in excess of two thousand pounds for the faith and happiness charity in nicaragua which is yeah. i mean commendable stuff congratulations yeah no i'm very pleased with that it's a, you yeah. know it's a little bit but it can go a long way so i'm very proud of that well if everybody did that it would be a different place I mean, and thank you for inviting me back. It's very rare for people to invite me back anyway, Nick. Once they've had a, once they've had a taste of me. <laughs> it's always a pleasure. Um, yeah, so we, we sat down and we pinged with emails back and forth. So what should we talk, talk about? Should we, you know, we did that event the other day. Why don't we talk about that? Mm, no, maybe that won't work. Maybe I'm just, do you know what? <laughs> Let's just see what comes. comes Let's see what comes up. Yeah, absolutely. So what, are you, what have you got on the old... Um, Smoking table in front of you. I've just lit up a Cadorce Senadoros Senadoros oh, yes. for the 2019 limited edition. Okay. It's very nice. I've only smoked a couple of them, and um, so I thought I'd give it a quick go. And I was, yeah, I was impressed. Nice and light, um, flavorful, not very strong, lovely sweet wrapper. I think they look great. I love that color. I think, yeah, I mean, the, the new Cadorce rebranding or what we would call it redesign of the, of the branding uh, packaging it's really nice i think it works very well i've always been a fan of the brand and actually I, sometimes i find the limited editions suit the stronger cigar brands better yeah. um there's a few exceptions like the the hoyo grand epicure was a great cigar in a light blend and there's a couple of others but so far this is very nice yeah i agree with that yeah. tend to be the more pokey sticks that maybe make, would age better i guess yeah, I'm not sure. I just think there's something about the the way that they're put together. They tend to, I tend to prefer the ones that are slightly full of flavour. Like the the, the Ramon Alonis, Alonis number two, fantastic cigar, the one that we launched in the UK earlier this year. Beast. Yeah, beast. Um, but it's, I, I think, I think, to be honest, the more I smoke, I don't know what you think about this, but the more I smoke, the more I think it's really just about balance. You know, yeah. a cigar can be very strong or very light, but if it has structure, it has something supporting it. Um, I can be uh, interested in any blend, really, as long as it has that balance to it. And I think that that Ramon Alonis does. And I think, it will, yeah, it will settle down. Um, yes, I agree. And with you. I mean, you can sometimes smoke a cigar and be misled and think, oh, well, you know, that's just a fairly run-of-the-mill, medium body. Then you go, actually, no, it isn't. That's strong as hell, but it's so beautifully smooth that you don't really notice. I think the Bahikes are like that. I've always yeah. thought the Bahikes are like um, sitting in a good cocktail bar and drinking two or three good cocktails and, you know, thinking, is there any alcohol in that? But then when you stand up to go to the toilet, your legs don't work. 
And sometimes with the one of the EKs, it was, I think it was the 56 I smoked. And I thought that's very mild and approachable and yeah. not that rich. And then yeah, you start sweating and trembling and you think, oh, right. Yeah, actually, yeah, that was quite a big smoke. <laughs> like one of Alessandro's martinis or something. Oh, that went down a tree. I'll have another one of those. And then you can't bloody put one foot in front of the other. Alessandro's martinis are one of the things I miss most about lockdown, I have to say. Yeah. 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 The thing of, How have you been then? How's um, how's uh, lockdown treating you, Nick? Uh, pretty well, pretty good. You know, I sent a little thing out on um, Insta last night uh, after I'd done an event with Jonathan Drew of Drew Estate, and it was great. And it was a sort of last. It's not my last event, funnily enough. I've got still got a few things to do, but um, it was the last Souter event of the year, and um, we had a lovely chat, and there were nice folks there, and everyone was went away very happy. And then I, I sat down. And I don't know if we discussed this last time. I don't think we did. But after, you know, you almost feel now like a performer. Um, not that I know what it's like to be a performer, mm. but uh, this sort of Zoom thing and the presenting and the hosting and the sort of trying to keep everything together is actually, it's great fun and very um, enlightening. And, it, you know, it's helped us all stay in touch and keep mm. active. But it's very tiring and you sort of come off uh, and my wife said, well done, you know, come and sit and have a chat or what are you going to do? Why don't you have an early night? And that's just mm. no chance of that happening because you're buzzing. So yeah. I was sitting there. Yeah, it's weird. I think I think it's strange to have those kind of feelings when you're sitting in your house and you haven't actually gone anywhere. Because, yeah. you know, I used to do yeah, of course regular you. face-to-face events, whether it was dinners or just little tastings. And, and you find what I would find is that you would still get G'd up for it, but I was doing this for, you know, 10 years. So yeah. you wouldn't have quite the same kind of level of, um, not nerves, but you would be able yeah. to handle any situation that's come, kind of could come up, yeah. has come up, you know, from, you know, aggressive drunks to people falling over. So, you know, <laughs> all sorts of things happen during these kind of presentations. And you kind of, you just, through experience, you get used to it. And then this is a whole new kind of, set of skills to learn about how yeah. to manage a group online and and yeah so normally i'd leave the venue jump in a cab or jump on the tube and then you would begin to decompress there and then by the time you get home maybe a glass of beer or a glass of wine chill out and go to bed whereas here mm. say bye folks close it off and you're sat in your kit or i'm sat in my kitchen table yeah and the kids come and go can we come in now you know and it's like <laughs> you need some time just to kind of that is yeah, absolutely work it right. through. You yeah, know, work goes, it through. Go, can we download stuff on the internet? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which is, which is, I mean, lovely because it was quite a big, it is quite a long commute for me to get from central London, where a lot of our events used to take place, out into Harlow, where I live yeah. now. And so, you know, I wouldn't complain about the way it is now, but it's, it's, a, it's a different rhythm to these kinds of events now. Yeah. And, and I, 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 I think you talk a lot more online as well. Whereas, you know, face-to-face, you would go and do a five-minute presentation, then take a step back, and then maybe visit the tables and answer any questions. But basically, people would want to have a smoke and a drink. And, and people can talk friends. much themselves, but they exactly, can't do Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So it's much more set up as, a, okay, let's just um, ask questions of the cigar guy or the whiskey guy or whatever pairing it might be. And so you have to be a little bit more prepared to kind of take over the hour or two rather than just kind of play a small part in it. And yeah, so for that reason, it becomes a little more tiring, or you have to make a, maybe put a little bit, slightly different type of preparation into it. Yeah. But um, I love the sound of my own voice, Nick, so I'm quite blessed like that. <laughs> well, I think, we, I think you, yeah, yeah, you're a bit like me. Um, I think that's right. And I had a little workout, so I was sitting there trying to decompress, as you say, and so I started having a tot up, and I worked out that there's more like, there's more than 24 hours worth of videos on YouTube with Lawrence that we've done in total. 20, oh. 20 hours of uh, pl- uh, plus of the audio of the pod. Um, dozens of hosted events. I can't even begin to count those. Uh, like ticketed things and tastings. And then, of course, we do the, the, the twice-weekly Insta Live chat. So if you add all that up, that's about What's four that? days. Sorry, 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 Nick. There's a beeping. Can you hear that? No. There's a beeping on the line for me. Is there? Yeah, beep, 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 beep. No. 
What, constant? Yeah. How weird. I can't hear a thing on this end. Hmm. Well, hopefully the recording is recording my end, so I don't care if you can just, hear yeah, it. No, I don't, no, I don't <laughs> mind. I, don't, listen, I, I, I can put up with it, but I would, I would hate for it to kind of get into the recording is all. No, I can't because, hear a thing. Because, you know, I can put up with it. I'm very stoical, Nick, but, you know, your, your, your listenership... <laughs> I'm precious, might, I am. Might, might lose... Well, your, lead, your listenership might lose interest in our conversation if there's, a, if there's an intense beeping in there at the same time. <laughs> it's like a form of torture. <laughs> okay, sorry, I, inter I, inter I interrupted you when you were telling me quite the catalogue of work. That you've yeah, done. so dozens of events, four days' worth of live Insta chat, about 80 quizzes or something, cigar quizzes I've written. I saw that. Um, I'd like to take part in one of your quizzes. Oh, you like I, it. It's good fun. I You'd did a quiz. Would I? Well, I think I have a lot to lose and not much to gain from taking one of your quizzes. <laughs> um, I'd be expected to win, I suppose. Or You'd suppose get um, well. Lawrence would have to send you, send you some cigars. He's given away about 500 cigars or something. He's a very generous yeah. man. I did, a, I did a quiz for our Masters of Havana Cigars, or people that were training for it, and I did uh, some... I got really... Again, the trouble is, somebody said to me, it's not like working from home anymore, it's like living in the office. And you do have that, or I have that difficulty of switching off, and I got a little bit too into this quiz and started doing picture rounds. And, really? And yeah, yeah, I won't tell you what time I finally wrapped it up, but um, they're great fun. I think they're great fun. Yeah, we could have a, we could have a We could have a quiz off. <laughs> Christmas quiz off. So we've done yeah. millions of days and people have really, really got into them and, and it's actually a very good way of educating yourself, me included. Um, so yeah, I was just having a toss up of all the stuff we've done and it's just incredible when you think about it. Um, you haven't even mentioned the fact you've launched a gin. Oh yeah, <laughs> did that as I'm well. You've become a gin impresario. Turn That's... my back for five minutes and you're... Um... Yeah. So in, in the answer to, in a very long-winded answer to your question, how's lockdown been? It's been incredibly productive, um, but just very, very strange. Mm. How have you found it? Because of course, from a you come from a totally different perspective of not being able to see punters. No, um, no, 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 no. I mean, uh, you know, obviously, I mean, I don't want to complain. Um, there's been some lovely aspects to it, um, but there's been parts that have been quite difficult as well. You know, I think part along. Uh, a big part of what I do is keep in contact with people, whether it's people in the drinks business or people that are working um, to study the Master of Havana Cigars, or if we've got um, training groups either on site or in our office, and meeting people and kind of really taking, in a lot of ways, taking the temperature of how things are in the, in the market. Yeah. And having to do all of that remotely um, has been... I'll, I'll tell you what it's like is I wrote, you know, we're at that time now. So I wrote a 2020 performance review uh, for the directors at Hunts and Frankow. And I, the first thing I had to do is, I mean, maybe this is very British, but I apologise for how long it was because it's about <laughs> twice the size of the, and that's not because I was doing twice the amount of work, but I've done so many weird different things. Whereas normally you could quite easily compartmentalise, I don't think that's the right way to say it, my role into different parts. But this has been, much more fractured and fragmented yeah. and we've developed new so for example the training we, i've put together something that we can do now on zoom and um we've been running or i've been running sessions uh over zoom which is not really my cup of tea um i find it more difficult when you can't look in the eyes of someone and see if they're kind of engaging in what you're saying or not i yeah. find it more difficult to really know which direction to take that session in you know but um i i think Overall, um, I I I just feel very lucky. You know, I feel like um, cigars are. You know, we've weathered the storm. I mean, God knows whether we're out the other side of it yet. But you know, cigars seem to be doing okay um, in some in some places better than others, obviously. But um, it's you know we've got uh, a very nice. I've, I enjoy working Hans and Frank out always, but I've been very proud to work for them this year in the way that they've treated us, the staff, but also the way that we've tried to respond to the customers' needs. I've, you know, it's, um, it's been, a, it's been um, a difficult year in lots of ways, but also a very rewarding one in some yeah. others. Yeah, that's true. Um, it highlights the important things in a way, I guess. Yeah, I suppose. Um, 
I've also, I'll be honest, I'm really pleased that we work in this industry because cigars have been quite a good comfort to me on more than one occasion. No doubt. And you get a bit fed up or you feel like you're at a bit of a difficult point at something in a working day and you think, all right, that's it. I'll take the dogs for a walk. And you go off, light up a cigar, just take half an hour to just kind of regroup, come back. And um, cigars are a great solace, I think, when you're in, yeah, when you're in times of hardship. so true. A constant companion. And, yeah. you know, there's something for every time of day or mood or, I don't know. I mean, I've even when I, so part of that, I spent the first part of lockdown getting fat and the second part getting thin, right? So ah. I, re- I realised that, you know, that probably I'm wasn't. halfway the there with you. <laughs> and during the getting thin part i decided to give the old um intermediate fasting a go or whatever they call it the five two diet that's it um which actually what you know i think has worked in the long run but you know to start with it's pretty hard and because you, you're just not used to it and it's hard hard more mentally than anything really um you know, your brain just keeps telling you to eat stuff when you and you are hungry to start with and so you know but just to be able to have a glass of water or a cup of tea and light a cigar and suddenly you're not hungry anymore. And um, even in that, it was a constant companion to me. And um, it never just never lets you down, does it? Well, <laughs> depends what you're smoking. <laughs> <laughs> but generally speaking. No, I know what you mean. No, no, absolutely right. Yeah, it's... um. You know, it's one of the life's pleasures, you know, that's why we're all drawn to this world and that's why we all stick around when we find it, you know. Yeah. Um, not that's all of us. Why, all of that stuff that, you know, I did sounds like a right load of work and you, I sort of wonder why, how on earth did I do it? But the only real reason I did it all was not even to, you know, try and make money or anything. That sort of comes down. It was just purely because of this thing that we that I just have such a love for and it is just as much part of me as, you know, having green eyes or whatever it might be. Yeah, you know no, exactly. I mean? But you miss the conversation. You miss the people. You know, the people I know through this industry, yourself included, we're friends, you know. You can't spend the times that we do together or, you know, with other people sitting around, nice meal or some food, a good drink, companionship, a good cigar. You can't do that over a period of years and not bond with these people. And I miss yeah. them. Yeah. And um, um, any opportunity, whether it's on Zoom or... or or whatever device we're using, um, it's 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 worthwhile, and you feel better for it because you kind of you know just to reconnect to like-minded people is important, you know. Um, yeah, I suppose the big, the, the big, I suppose the, the big thing we did this year on that kind of note would be the launch of the Ramon Alonis Alonis yeah. Number Two. Yeah, that, and that's which, a resounding success. Well, we were pleased with the way it went. That's that's fair. Yeah, I think it was um, slightly tricky. I mean, for the, for the people that don't aren't aware of it, we we had the global launch of a 2019 limited edition, slightly delayed, um, and we were launching it in August, which we would never normally do because everybody's away, but nobody's away this time. <laughs> and um, and I think we it was during lockdown, so we couldn't we couldn't have was it during lockdown? Yeah, I think it was. I think it was actually yeah. during lockdown. So some places could have socially distanced events, um, but a lot of places were unable to, and some places had to be closed. And so we we decided that, well, I think the first thing was we don't want to have a Zoom call with 500 people on it, so because no. that would be a nightmare. Um, so we decided to package up, there was a, they come in boxes of 10, so we packaged it, we broke the boxes up and put each cigar into a little launch pack with some cognac and a glass and some chocolate made by the... I think the executive pastry chef at Five Hartford Street, which is a private members club in, yeah. in the central London. And, um, and you know, kept it quite simple. I think what worked was we didn't try to do too much, you know, do a, li- do a little bit, do it well. And um, we had about, six, I think it was 600 people taking part across the country. Blimey. And everybody lit up at the same time. Uh, I went to a a few different events that night and there was a great feeling because I think it was at that point where everyone was really fed up they were desperate for something to do and then this came along and I think our timing was great fortunate Um, but I think our timing was great that everyone was just ready and so everyone took it in the right spirit nobody said oh well hang on a minute what about this everyone just said great let's get involved and do something and 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 it made me very proud beautifully you know um, 
I don't think it'd be remiss of me to say that Hunters is, you know, known as quite a sort of traditional company. Um, and you wouldn't be known for being at the forefront of cutting edge technology. I don't think that's unfair to say, but the way you <laughs> put it all together and then it worked, I thought was brilliant. So, you know, credit where it is due there. And the cigar was phenomenal. This, I mean, that helps, doesn't it? The great cognac with the Heinz Cigar Reserve, yeah. which is now back. Um, and and a great cigar and the chocolates were phenomenal. And and that was just, you know, three, it was just what we decided was we'll send the cigars to people. They can have small parties with their clients. Um, and let's just try and frame the cigar in the nicest possible way we can. And a nice drink and a little bit of sweetness on your palate is always going to help so that's what we did we just tried to showcase the cigar to its strengths and yeah i mean it went it seemed to go really well i think there's a few others i think did um did germany do one i think um, germany might have done something online yeah there were a couple of others after yours um but 600 people that's the biggest one we've ever done i think it's probably the biggest launch cuban cigar launch outside of havana it must um must be which which has to count as a success in some ways, yeah. So, what? Um, what tell me what you miss most about Havana? What the what Cuba Havana? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I to be honest, I go once a week and I once a year I go for about about a week, and I went this year just before the lockdown. Oh yes, of course you did. Yeah. Um, so I haven't actually missed any trips out there, but um, I haven't made any arrangements to go next year because normally I'd go kind of February, March yeah. time. And I don't think anybody's really optimistically thinking about international travel then. Um, so I'm already beginning to feel a little bit uh, sad about the fact. Of, <laughs> it's the people, isn't it? You know, it's the people. It's, I mean, yeah. architecture's great. The cars are brilliant. I mean, I'm not really a car man, but it's always nice to take someone who is and they get very excited about seeing the vintage cars on the street. The history's amazing. But actually... You know, if the, it's the people. The people are just some of the kindest, warmest, funniest people you'll meet anywhere in the world, you know. And um, yeah. Yeah. if I don't get the chance to go and see some of the friends I have out there next year, it'll be a shame, you know. Um, a little bit of Cuban sunshine wouldn't hurt right now. Um, that is a big... <laughs> there's no doubt about it. Yeah, so... Uh, but it's... I mean, this Cuba is one of these places, isn't it, where... Um, I feel, um, I don't think I'm alone in this, but people say when you get off the plane, when you walk out at Jose Marti Airport, straight away, it doesn't take me very long to acclimatise to Cuba at all. You know, you're just you're just in and you're there and you're, you know, you smoke as many cigars as you like a day and normally three or four times as much as you normally would, yep. wake up fine the next day. Yeah, There's something like, very natural um, about it. It's like being, being chucked in a swimming pool. You're just in it and that's the end of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and it is just... That is what's so lovely. You know, you step off the plane and you go into that little airport and then, as you say, boom, off you go. Yep, yep. I mean, this year we went, I think we spoke about it last time, but this year we went, we had a lovely group. Everyone was very serious about cigars, but also very, very up for kind of having a bit of fun and learning. Um, and we just had a really nice time. We did some blind tastings. We did some, um, we did some rum tastings. We did cigar tastings. We did factory tours, plantation tours, all sorts of, this, all the sort of stuff you'd expect for yeah. us to do on a training week. But it's, it's, um, I don't know. I don't know. I hope it's, I hope Cuba is still Cuba when we get back. That's True. what I hope. Yeah. Do you sort of keep in touch with people out it's there? It's difficult. It's difficult. You know, um, it's, right. it's quite patchy out there. And <clears throat> I think there is, there are ways, um, Facebook and things like that. Uh, you can normally get through to people on on different kind of uh, platforms, but it's um, no, it's it's difficult. I mean, I tend to tend to speak to people when I'm out there, and not much in between, to yeah. be honest. Yeah, yeah. No, it's I don't know. And what is stock like? I mean, the thing is, it tricky getting in, getting stuck out. I mean, stock. We're having a little bit of a problem with stock at the moment. Um, I think that we. I mean, when there was when there was a lockdown, we had quite a big problems. But God, hang on. Sorry, Nick. That's all right. Ever, ever the, ever the professional. My dogs are going absolutely mad. Wait, is someone at the door? Yeah. Can you really? edit this out? Yeah. Leave it on, won't you? No, we leave it in there. Go and get your Christmas plate. <laughs> oh yeah, right. It's one of the um. It'll be Amazon. 
No, it's a it's a bunch of god botherers. Um, there's ah. um there's a, there's one of these churches down the road, and they really what a time they, to call you. They knock on my door about twice a month. Do they? I think they must have been tipped off that I desperately need saving. <laughs> we must keep going with this gentleman. <laughs> For God's sake, he's out in the garden smoking cigars again. Satan has got his claws <laughs> into it. So uh, okay, they can wait outside. Yeah, sorry right. about that. No problem. This is, yeah. this, this is what the new world is all about, buddy, isn't well, it? It is, isn't it? It is. I remember I was, I was ringing, ringing my bank and they had a, a little notice, a little a voice thing saying, we apologise if you hear babies crying or dogs barking in the background, but that's because all of our staff are working from home. Uh, and we'd like to thank them all for the dedication. And I thought that was quite a nice way of putting it. It, it is know, quite nice you know. because it makes everything a bit more human, you know, and... Um, I, think I'm I mean, I'm not going to argue with that, am I? I've just gone to the front door to try and uh, take off some... <laughs> but I'm all for that witnesses. sort of thing, as long as it's done nicely. And, of course, we, you know, people have got real lives. Um, and well, that's look, fine. I mean, it, yeah, I mean, look, everybody's, everybody's having to adapt and everybody's having to work in different environments and situations. And, you know, we have to be a little bit more uh, understanding about maybe some things that wouldn't have wouldn't have been um, permissible in the past. I think yeah. now is just part of life. Um, We've had this discussion about, you know, generally about life and about how companies treat people, you know, and, um, you know, I think people need to wake up and smell the coffee, don't they? Uh, you know, people have given their all and, and, and eaten into their own time in their own homes, making massive efforts and sacrifices and just because you're not seeing them in the office you know you like to think that people <laughs> will still appreciate the fact that they're pushing pushing the boundaries of what they can do um yeah i don't know that's that's just uh, company culture if people trust their staff or not you know yeah um, that's what it comes down to is just trust and, and yeah i suppose you can monitor performances in certain ways as well but it's a different world now so that's for sure. when and if things are all, you know, slightly more normal, do you think, you know, hunters, will you all head back into the office or do you think this is the new way of working? Um, I haven't really had any conversations with the board about it. No. I um, I guess without any, having had any conversations, um, I would say that we would be looking to move back to the old style of work Yeah. Um, when it's safe to do so. Because you're, um, I mean, from your, and I mean, as a company, from your perspective, it's, you know, crucial that you are able to do those things that you do so well. And with the best will in the world, you probably can't do it to quite the same extent from home. No, 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 no. Um, I think a lot of my job is meeting people face to face, having conversations with people popping in and just, you know, picking up ideas or picking up little problems that somebody has that maybe it's not worth, they don't want to kind of bother their sales desk or their account manager, but you know, maybe they'll just mention something if you're there um, and just kind of um, helping the wheels keep turning through yeah. regular contact with lots and lots of people. And I mean, I put, I put like a, a couple of hours aside um, every couple of weeks just to ring through people, just to kind of keep in touch because I really haven't been into London at all. I was <laughs> I had plans to go in on Friday, but they've announced lockdown. Oh, really? Um, well, the lockdown came today. It's the 16th of December now. That's not is that your first? Away, is it? That would have been your first sort of venture in? No, I mean, I was going to see friends. Um, right. But I'd, but I'd actually, I decided to pop in and just kind of have a little look around a couple of places oh, on the way. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know. What's the first thing we do, though, Nick? I think we'd have to go to... Um, What's the name of that restaurant? The Guinea Grill. <laughs> the Guinea Grill. The Guinea Grill. Oh, my God. Uh, a fantastic little steakhouse. And that's the kind of stuff you miss. It seems like Valhalla to me now. <laughs> yeah. I'm sick of my own cooking. That's another thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I agree. And um, what, what, what can we look forward to cigar-wise next year? Is there anything that we know is likely to be around, or is that pretty impossible to say? I think, I mean, it's... <sighs> It's difficult. They have announced uh, the cigars for 2020. I don't think we've got all of them. I think there's still some stuff. So there was a limited edition that's still outstanding. We've got a regional edition that's still outstanding. There's a few other products. Some have come through. Um, so we have had some new products this year. But I think next, it's been very difficult for Cuba. Cuba is in a very difficult time. Not just because of, you know, the the 
the fact that they had um, a change of leadership in America and a change of direction from Amer- from the United States of America towards Cuba, but also after the Soviet Union collapsed and Cuba had to really look at their economic model, um, they started bring they started placing a heavier emphasis on tourism, and I think yeah. tourism is their number one revenue generator. And now no one's traveling. And, they, you know, they are a poor country. And for them to just have had their tourism wiped out has caused a lot of problems. And when, <clears throat> because Cuba's a uh, communist, socialist country, um, you know, you have a bit of problems in one area and it's all quite interlinked. So we're, we're seeing some issues in the, in the cigar industry. But nothing... Nothing. I think there's probably a few people that know the Cuban cigar industry that are saying, well, there's nothing new there then. And people are quite used to delays and stuff like that, aren't they? Yeah. So I think there's there's some stuff coming through, but um, I, I need to find out, really. I think what, at the end of the year, we'll have a big wash-up and we'll find out what's what's actually realistically coming in next year. So you'll have to invite me back again. To, I can tell uh, you. Uh, <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> yeah, no, we'll do it. We'll make so, it. I mean, I, I, think, I, I mean, we were hoping for a, a regional edition this year, which we didn't get. Um, which one and that, was that? So it was going to be um, a Roman Alonis. It was um, a cigar that we kind of, um, we had sampled and chosen the blend on. But again, there's just a lot of delays at the moment in the, in the industry. And... That cigar hasn't come through, obviously, this year. We're <clears throat> we're not sure. Um, maybe Q2 or Q3 next year is maybe more likely. I don't know, though. I, I don't really... Um, it's not really part of my role to get involved yeah. in the uh, the cigars coming over. It's my my role is starts when the cigars arrive. In the, I have to inform people about what they are. So I try, not to, I, I try not to, I think this is going to sound terrible, but I try not to pay too much attention to the cigars that are on their way. No, because I think there's enough to worry around. about the stuff that you've got. Yeah. And I think that there's a lot of people that like to know, oh, you know, but in 2022, they're going to do this, or have you heard that they're aging tobacco for that? Or, and, it, and it can be quite a distraction, to be honest. So I just kind of tend to worry about the cigars that we have and how we can best uh, promote them. You know, which sounds quite a boring answer, but there we are. No, no, that's very pragmatic. Mm. I mean, we had a nice chat on one of our Zoom evenings, uh, one of our events about, you did a, a great presentation on, presentation's a bit grand, but you did a great chat about, <laughs> <laughs> about the um, changing in sizes and things, and um, particularly, you know, girths and lengths and stuff and how that had moved massively. Yeah, that was, that was, that was, a, good fun, that was a good fun evening, wasn't it? I thought that was a really good, fun evening. Yeah, it um, was. And it made well, me think, you know, whilst the sort of basis of, of of the industry remains true, there are, you know, it is changing. I wonder what, you know, the new, well, the next few years will bring. But that presentation was something that I, I think I made clear at the time, but I'd make clear now as well, was work based on the foundation of stuff that Simon Chase had done. Yes. Simon Chase had done a, a a presentation in the Habanos Festival, at the Habanos Festival, um, a few years ago. And it was something like, I can't remember the title of it, it was something like 125 years of the Havana Cigar. Mm. And we were going to do this tasting and we had the Kawaba, because it was the it was the same, it was going to be on the exact same day that we launched the Kawaba in 1996. Oh, right. Yeah. And so, so then I started thinking, well, what can we say about the Kawaba, which is a double figurado, which means that it's, it tapers at both ends and bulges in the middle. Yeah. And that used to be a shape and size that was very, very popular. That would be the predominant shape and size. And I think Simon started his presentation in 1885 and went up to about 1930, where the double figurado began to change into the perejo. And the perejo is just what most cigars are these days, just parallel sides, straight-sided cigars. Did, we find, did you bottom out as to why that, well, where the perejo sort of came... It had always been around, presumably, but it just became more popular. Well, I mean, it had always been around, I suppose, um, but they were not, they were not, I mean, anybody that's ever lit up a double figure out knows that sometimes they can be a bit fiddly to get going. Yeah. And um, all we had, I remember, again, this is something Simon found, was it was some kind of young gentleman's almanac or something like that from around about the 1920s. And it was, the question was, why is everybody smoking these straight-sided cigars now. Oh, really? And, and the answer was, well, a lot of young gentlemen find them easier to light 
and get going than the double figurados. Uh, it's a lot to hang on one quote from a young gentleman's almanac from the 1920s. <laughs> but it does seem like um, there's a reason why, you know, they're still on the market now, but people don't go for them so much. And I think no. it's just, it's like everything, you know, we had this, we had this, um, period of long, thin cigars that were quite popular. You know, like the Slinderella and the Ninfas and all of these kind of very slender cigars. They kind of went by. And then we had from 1935 to about 2000 was the other time period that I that I used from Simon um, for the 42 ring gauge. And so you had the Maravas, the Cervantes and the Coronas as the three kind of big sizes that were very, very popular there. And we had dozens of them on the market and they all fell away. And I think, I can't, I mean, don't quote me, but it was something like 10 Coronas had been disc discontinued in the last 20 years, eight yeah. Maravas. A Marava is a petty Corona to those of you. So that's, a Corona is five and five eighths of an inch long by 42. Marava is five and one eighth by 42. And a Cervantes, a lot of people call a Lonsdale. And that's six and a half by 42. Um, and we'd had a lot of those discontinued in the last 20 years, even the Maravas, which are still very popular. Um, and you kind of say, well, you know, what's replacing them? And we were talking about the fact that cigars are getting wider and wider. And um, the Robusto is the kind of classic example. that um, The Robusto, when I started working with cigars, the Robusto was a short, fat cigar that looked a bit odd on the corner. Mm -hmm. And you had a few of them. But now you've got a lot more of them in cigars. The Siglo 6 in 2002, when it was launched by Havanos, was it's a long time ago, isn't it? Was the widest straight sided cigar in their portfolio at 52 ring gauge. And, and I can't remember the stat, but it was something like there was five cigars with a 52 ring gauge or above in the 2000 prices for Hudson Frank Hour. And there's over 30 Jeez. in the prices this year. And so cigars are getting bigger and bigger. And then 2016, we had the Cohiba Anniversario 50 with a 60 ring gauge, which is as wide as I've ever heard of an official Havanos product being made. Um, <laughs> I can't tell you what they tasted like, Nick. They were quite a rare cigar, sold for quite a lot of money. Um, but either way, it seemed like everything was going towards the wide, wider ring gauges. And the, I mean, even things like a D6 which is a 50 ring gauge, but only three and a half inches long. So I think it's even when people just want a short smoke, you've got the Petty Churchill as well, four inches by 50. Um, people were looking for that wide ring gauge and the draw that it gives and the feel that it has in your hand and between your teeth or in your lips or however you smoke. And uh, it, it feels like we're definitely going in that direction, but there's, all, there's always the... The, the exceptions that prove the rule maybe, but also maybe signs of something more interesting happening. And so it's not just getting uh, wider. We go, our Lorena, which we launched last year, mm. um, which was a 38 ring gauge, very slim, like the same size as the Cohiba Lancero, um, was one of the most popular cigars that we've ever launched. That's a regional That's edition. gone so well, hasn't it? And um, I see it's in cigar... Journal, they've published their 25 cigars, the yes, whatever. And, and we, we're the top Cuban cigar in there, oh, that's in seventh right. place, yeah. Which is which is proof that we should go to Austria every time we want to launch a cigar. Because if you remember, <laughs> we went out there for that, we didn't did, we? And we spoke yeah. to the guys uh, out there until it was coming out of our whatnot. Oh my god, on the hottest day of the well, it's like walking on the surface of the sun and oh, then having to eat a massive schnitzel. It was, um, if it wasn't for the company, it would have been quite a trial, Nick. Well, we managed to find a little shady spot that sold nice cold pills there, and we sat and, <laughs> and just sat it out till it was time to fly home. But we did eat a lot of schnitzel. That was great. That was survival. What what month was that, Jimmy? Can you remember? Yeah, I really can't. I mean, it no, must I have can't. been. It must have been July, would it? No, it couldn't have been. It was last year we went. Was it last year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't this year. Okay. So it was, yeah, in which case, it could, yeah, summer last year, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, it's funny, it's like, you know, you say, is it, but what what month was that? Was it this year? And and lockdown feels like it's been going on for a thousand years, yeah. but it's like it started yesterday. Yeah. So I can't, 
you know, you kind of, my, my wife has always got annoyed with me because I say the other day for any time that's not today. <laughs> but it's been quite handy this year because I've really got no idea. It all means nothing, does it? It's <laughs> so bizarre. How's that Senadora's treating you? It's all right. It's, um, I'm talking too much to give it its full attention. Quite right too. The, the attention it deserves. But it's, um, it's actually, it's, it's, it's settled down into something very tasty. It started off and it was a little bit... Um, it was tasty, but it was a little bit up and down. But it's kind of worked out. It's it's uh, oh God, the cruising speed or whatever. You got it up to the right speed and got it got it warmed up. And it's and it's it's very nice. Are you smoking more or less in lockdown, Nick? Probably more. Um, I would more more likely to spark something up in the day now than I would before because you know I'd quite often be going somewhere or seeing someone. But if I'm in the office drumming up trade or doing an interview or or writing or whatever, then there's nothing to stop me. So probably a bit more. What about you? You haven't got the boardroom, but you've got your, got no, your I'm smoking, I'm so, Yeah, I'm smoking less, I think. Um, just because I used to... The, 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 <laughs> the funny thing is that in, in, in my position, um, I often get to dictate how long the meetings last by the cigar <laughs> that I bring. Nice. So if there's somebody that I've been desperately trying, that's why I've always got a double corona for you, Nick, because I want to make the meeting <laughs> last. Yeah, if, there's, if there's somebody who wants to get hold of me that I don't really feel like, you know, we turn up with a little Moraver or something 20 minutes later, everybody knows when the cigar's done, the meeting's over. Yeah. But if there's somebody I want to get hold of, I give them a Monte Cristo A, nine, nearly nine and a half inches, <laughs> and they're not going anywhere for two hours, and I've got them. Um, so I would smoke quite a lot of cigars in that kind of business, social kind of environment. And really enjoyed them. A lot of meetings were happening in kind of um, clubs or, or hotels. Um, and and yeah, all of that's gone. And, you know, uh, so now I probably smoke a bit less. But um, like I said at the beginning of this, they've been a, they've been a really enjoyable cigar. It's really nice having a cigar as a companion. Things I've been smoking, I've been smoking quite a lot of the Paul Laranaga Picadores. I yeah. don't know if you're you're much of a fan of those. I love the Monte Carlos. As yeah, well, me too. I'm a big ones. fan of those. Yeah. Um, smoked a few Epi 2s just to kind of remind myself because I had been smoking more of the Paul Aaron Yagas. Uh, some of the D4s, I think, are, are back on form, have been for a while now. Oh, They're very nice. Um, Santa Panza. I've been smoking a few of the uh, Bellicosos. Mm. So, you know, I mean, my dogs, I think I've moaned about my dogs. They're, they're kind of half chihuahuas. So the half chihuahua, it's my idea, my wife's idea of a compromise was she said she wanted a dog and I said I didn't. So she bought what she calls half a dog, <laughs> um, which I don't think is how compromises work anywhere other than in my marriage. No. But um, the dogs can't, the dogs aren't big enough for more than a robusto walk, you know? <laughs> so, so I kind of limiting, I've got quite a lot of big cigars kicking around in the humidor at the moment because the dogs aren't up to it. Yeah, well, we'll save them for that lunch, Jim, because... You know, we like to to meet early, have a little a little aperitif cigar. Oh, we're, we are we are setting our ways if nothing else, Nick. No, and it was, then we uh, have a good old browse and sluice, and then something more substantial, and then we'll more often than not find somewhere along the way home to just have one more. You know. <laughs> <laughs> well, of course, if you're going to do it. You might as well do it properly. I have fond memories of a. Demi Tass in the pub round the corner from oh you man the Demi Tass yeah yeah that was I mean that they, they were a great little cigar absolutely delicious nice with a pint of ale oh, I, I tell you what you know we were talking about the shape and size of the cigar and how it's changed and people's taste have changed I found an amazing statistic uh, recently that in I mean the Parker's D4 which is a classic robusto size so it's fifty ring gauge by four and seven eighths I think that's one hundred twenty four millimeters. Like a like a you know D four uh, short Churchill Epicure number two um, yeah. yeah lots and lots of cigars same size so D four is the best selling Cuban cigar in the world so they must sell hundreds of thousands hundreds and hundreds of thousands of them in 1985 the world sales for the D four was five thousand sticks no way yeah which um which shows just in the last kind of thirty years or so how people's appetite for the wider ring game has really changed um and without wanting to sound i mean people ask you know how how does it change the, the way the cigar smokes you know and i think it's it's it changes in lots of ways i think that when you smoke a thin cigar you have to be a little bit more patient with it because uh it burns physically down quicker because 
you're applying the same amount of pressure on the end of the cigar if it's wide or thin, but there's more pressure going into the other end if it's thin because it's, it, the air has to pass through a smaller, smaller aperture. So it tends to burn a bit quicker and a bit hotter, which is why sometimes they won't put Lijero leaf, the leaf for strength, into anything under a 38, 36 ring gauge. Because right. Maybe because they don't have space for it, but also because it, it, you get the, the, um, the experience of, of strength through that heat anyway. And I think when you draw on a thin cigar, you tend to get the jet of smoking a more intense jet onto your palate. Yep. It tends to land further forward on the tongue. So you can get the pipe smokers talk about um, tongue, tongue bite. Yeah. Tongue bite. Have you ever heard them talk about yes. that? When, you, yeah. when the smoke comes in too hot and it scorches or hurts your tongue. And sometimes you can get a little bit of that kind of thing with a yeah. thin cigar. Where you get, right. And also with a cigar that's not properly rolled. I think if a cigar has got too easy a draw, you can get that tongue bite where it's very sharp and... Yeah. yeah. Whereas with a wide ring gauge cigar, it burns a bit slower. You get a more rounded taste. You get a more uh, a softer edges to the smoke. You get a little bit easier. It's a bit easier for the smoke to get across your palate. And so it's a bit easier to, to pick out those flavors. But um, without wanting to sound too potential, I don't know, Rupert Frost said, I don't even know if it was now, God, misquoting poetry on a podcast. That's good, isn't it? Um, but he he said, um, writing poetry that doesn't rhyme is like playing tennis with the net down. And sometimes I feel like when you see these massive fat cigars, they've taken the net down. And actually a 42 ring gauge, which we were talking about at the start of all this, there's so much structure to that. Yeah. You know, it's a bit like, that's a sonnet, you know. And exactly, yeah. in order to fit the story into a very stru firm structure, I think actually allows a little bit more kind of, um, it cuts out any of the fat. It's a much leaner product. And it's it's um, in some ways more interesting to me. But then I've always, been a, yeah. I've always been a contrarian, I suppose. So that's everybody likes bigger cigars. I'm going to lean towards the yeah. thinner ones. Because I, I'm just, I agree. I'm just, yeah. I like to do the opposite of everyone else. And mm. yeah, you're right. That's a nice way to finish that uh, Demi Tass is a haiku of Cuban cigar. Perfect. <laughs> Love it, Dewey. Absolute pleasure, as always. Are we, we done? Are we to, done? We managed to chunter for an hour about absolutely nothing. I mean, I apologise. Yeah, we do. We um, we do seem to have talked about nothing. Don't We're we? Good at that. We are good at that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, best of luck with the second series. Thank you, sir. When are you, when are you launching it? Um, I think I will probably start kick it off over the Christmas break, so to keep the punters happy and. Um, we might push it out to a bi-weekly so it's not quite so much pressure to keep firing them out. And, um, How many are you doing? Have you, got, have you got numbers? I think I'll probably do a, a season of 12 this time. Mm. The, the, the 19 was pushing the boat out a bit, to be honest. I think uh, everybody was desperate for that. Oh, no, you did a great thing with those 19. We were, we were all listening avidly to all of them, I think, because... There was a lot of spare time in everybody's diary all of a sudden. So Yeah, it was lovely to get the feedback. And a lot of people said, oh, you know, on the walk to work or dog walking, as you say, or when is it coming out? I'm, you know, I'm looking out for it. So it's nice to be able to fit into people's lives like that. So, yeah, we'll keep cracking on. We've got some very interesting guests this year, this season. So Yeah, I've heard of, well, at least one of them. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> A busy morning in the in the recording <laughs> studio, <laughs> but uh, thanks, Jim. Thanks for your time as ever, and we'll um, get a date in the diary for season three, episode one. Jesus, is that right? Is it going to become tradition? I think so. <laughs> there's no escape from it now, whether they yeah. like it or not. Thank you so much for inviting me back. Best of luck with the rest of the podcast and all the other things you have going. And um, as soon as we can, I shall make a reservation at the. Grill. We can um, <laughs> we can go back over some old ground. Oh, imagine how good that pint's gonna taste. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, Jim. Cheers, Nick. Sweet to you soon. Take care, mate. Bye, mate. Well, there you have it, Mr. Jimmy McGee. I hope you enjoyed the chat. The hour flew past as usual. Um, my thanks to Jimmy for his friendship and all his help over the year, and for becoming the first ever. Double interviewee, backed by popular demand, Jim. I need to tell you folks that you can still buy copies of Around the World in 80 Cigars, the book. Of course you can. Uh, www.nick-hammond.com and I'll happily dedicate a book for you. 
I'd like to thank to our sponsors, uh, Souter Cigars, uh, one of the best places you can possibly find in the UK to source your great cigars, Cuban and New World alike. Around the World in 80 Cigars, the podcast is also sponsored this season by Rutherford's. Rutherford's who make the most extraordinary and beautiful luxury English bridal leather. Check them out at rutherfordsengland.com. And finally, I must also remind you to uh, send in your questions about cigar humidification. Our friends at Bovida are here to help and we're going to have some questions and answers for you this season. So send in your burning questions about your humidors, your cigars, when you age them to, uh, how do you age them properly? How do you age them to smoke? How do you, uh, how do you humidify them for now and for putting aside for the years to come? And we'll happily put those to Bovida and get their response to you. So the pod is now going to be released uh, every couple of weeks or so for the next season to keep you occupied. I hope you're well and with your families. I wish you all a very Merry Christmas and a peaceful and prosperous New Year. Thank you for your patronisation this year. Thank you for being with me, for lending an ear. I hope, uh, I hope you've enjoyed all the flavours that we've been able to bring to you from around the world. And I look forward to more of the same in 2021. And who knows, maybe we'll actually get out and about and meet each other somewhere. All the best to you. Stay safe and look after each other.